Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Intuit Credit Karma. LeBron James, he reminded everybody whose house they were in last night. We're hitting the Lakers' epic comeback from every single angle. And just a few hours ago, Joel Embiid, he spoke to reporters. Could we see him back on the court this season? What will the standings impact be if he decides to come back? Plus, Steph Curry is in Madison Square Garden tonight. You know what that means. Is a healthy Warriors team about to send a message to the rest of the league? All that and so much more. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Intuit Credit Karma. She is Shanae Agumake. They are our senior writers, Zach Lowe, Brian Windhorst. Zach, you, you were getting down to the beat before we came yeah, on camera. Yeah, it was a fun gonna, night in the NBA last night. Let's go. It was an excellent night in the NBA. Let's get straight to it, because how, how many years have y'all been covering the NBA? 21. 21 years, LeBron James doing what he did last night in year 21, showing zero signs of slowing down the king of the fourth. I love that one. Took over last night. We'll get this, Cheney. The Clippers are 235 and 0 in franchise history when leading by 19 or more points heading into the fourth quarter. Uh oh. They were up by that much last night. And then LeBron James said, hold my beer. I mean, one of the best shooting performances we've seen, even though he has these every year or so, a couple times. Wouldn't it be hold my wine for LeBron? Oh, true. True, <laughs> true, true. LeBron James, the ticker keep going up and up and up, and he's feeling it here, Brian. He's literally been doing this for decades. <laughs> Making three three pointers in fourth quarter that, comebacks on Spurs. That's a crazy shot, by the way. Falling down left left side bank shot. Well, he was left-handed. D'Angelo Russell finds LeBron once again for the three. You know he's feeling it when he hits shots like that, but watch this. On his, this possession here, watch Daniel Tice. Just a little bit of a miscommunication here, Zach. Yeah, it's not going to go well for Daniel Tice, and they just couldn't get the matchups right on LeBron. It killed them on the offensive glass. It killed them every possible way. Tice got the start without Ivica Zubac in the lineup, and LeBron James says, uh, you know what, I don't really care today. Yeah, correct. I mean, I was surprised they left LeBron on an island, and then when he was able to attack, his teammates had his back. And look at that. The energy was contagious. The Lakers coming all the way back from down 21 in this team. one. What happened? Rui Hachimura. Every time they had a bad matchup, they doubled, and the trickle-down effect was this and this and this. D'Angelo Russell. Tough shot. Hits it in the corner. Perfect pass. Let's everyone sitting courtside know, technically this was a Clippers game, but still, the Clippers had a chance here. Kawhi Leonard, that's who you want to have the ball in his hands, gets it to go. Nail-biter down the stretch. Once again, Kawhi Leonard going to work here, elevates, and all of a sudden, it's a two-point game, Mr. Windhorst. Yep, and at the end of the game, LeBron wanted him, wanted the assignment, there it is. We're going to get a little bit more into that matchup in just a little bit. This would be the hammer, the dagger, the Lakers. They come all the way back and get the win. LeBron James doing this once again in year 21. The Lakers complete the comeback. LeBron James, what's your superpower? I know we, we've kind of heard this, you know, what, what it feels like to be in the zone, you know, in our, in our sport, and um, that's just a feeling. Um, 
when you feel like everything that you put up is, is, is going in. And so my teammates did a great job of continuing to find me. You know, and then I just try to dictate the tempo, dictate the game. You know, as we started making a run for it and getting the game closer and closer and closer. Um, so, you know, it's just a zone that you can't really describe it. You, you know, during it, you don't, you don't feel anything. You just, just have a superpower, I feel. Well, when he's in the zone, James has now outscored the opposing team in the fourth quarter in 16 games in his career. That's more than double any other player since 97-98. Kobe Bryant, he has the next most instances at seven, followed by LeBron James' friend, Dwayne Wade. So it's really a tale as old as time here, if you will. LeBron James delivered when his team needed him the most. You have been covering him for 21 years since he was in high school at 39 years old. Is he proving that he can carry this team in a deep playoff run? I don't know about that. I think he's proving that when you're down and you're in trouble, you go to LeBron with shooters on the court. I can remember games like this happening in 2005 when it was Damon Jones and Daniel Marshall. In 2009 when it was Kyle Korver or whoever. Actually, it was later. You know, when it was... Shane Battier and Ray Allen and and even other Lakers in in, the, in this run. And so this is what you do. You go to this, and it's an amazing moment. And usually it happens, Malika, in games where he gets red hot from three-point range. Mm. And maybe he's outscored the opposition 16 times in the fourth quarter, but I'll bet there's been dozens of times where he's come close to it when he's just gotten red hot from three. I still think the Lakers were down 21 in this game yeah. to a team that was missing two starters. And I still think they're three games back in the loss column for the eighth seed, but obviously, it was a dramatic and spectacular performance. Yeah, I think a lot of people will look at the headline and say, LeBron James outscored the Clippers down the stretch to bring home the win. Don't focus on that. Focus on the confidence when he does this that it instills in his teammates. Because if you really dissect that stretch, LeBron James, a lot of points. His teammates in that time period, four for six from three. We're talking about the Lakers who are third to last in made threes. That is his superpower. He's balling, and guess what? He brings everyone along with him. Again, in that same quarter, they made almost as many threes as they make per game. They made nine, typically they average 11. Doesn't that is LeBron like James. It's a one-off then? It's just an awesome one-off? No, it's not. It's because when they see him go into the zone, people respond. But what I think back to is game four, right, at the Western Conference Finals. LeBron James against the, the Denver Nuggets, and LeBron had 40, 10, and 9. Ooh. And it still wasn't enough. Nope. He is spectacular. He can be spectacular. It's a 2-2 series. He can win that game five. It's a 3-3 series. He can help you win that game seven. But night in and night out, it feels like this is actually a microcosm of what the Lakers season is. Can is they, they even <laughs> get to a series? Seriously, can they even get to a series? Because right now they're in ninth. They got to do a lot of work just to get to a series, right. to get to a competitive series, to get where he could get them with one dramatic performance into a position to win. They got to do a lot of work to get to the second game of the play-in tournament if the standings are as they are now. They're three games out of eighth, but they're also only three games out of six. It's getting a little spicy in the West. <laughs> well, and that's why they needed that win so much last night. So diving a little bit closer into exactly what happened down the stretch, we, we were all sitting here last night, and there was one moment that Zach, who was sitting next to us, he was quiet, he had his headphones in, he doesn't like to talk to anybody when he's Absolutely watching not. games, absolute curmudgeon. All and right. then all of a sudden okay. we hear him peep up going, holy word I can't say on Disney <laughs> Airwaves. What was that moment, Holy Zach? bleep, sitting right here <laughs> watching the game on these monitors. I, I said something, and I turned to you, and I said, oh, it's getting serious now. And this was the moment LeBron said, I want to guard Kawhi. Give me Kawhi, not really me. And look at him getting his stance, getting, getting mean and nasty, forces a three, he misses. That get, Now, they went down by more points after this, and now here's late in the game. He still has Kawhi. He guarded him the last 18 minutes of the game. Deny, 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 deflect Lakers ball. Look, they went down 
by more points after he took the, the Kawhi assignment. I just felt watching the game, the entire vibe of the game changed. Mm -hmm. When like the Lakers could have just said it's a loss, let go of the rope, and and, and LeBron said no. Give me Kawhi. I'm going to change the energy of yep. the game. And it reminded me of the conference final. You mentioned Denver. When he said, you know what, I'm 39. I don't have 48 minutes of great defense on Nikola Jokic in me, but I got 10. Put me on Jokic. Yep. And he actually gave Jokic some problems. He can still do it for short stints. What was the most common matchup in the fourth quarter? LeBron James on Kawhi Leonard last night. All right, let's pivot to the team who was on the losing end of all of this. Let's take a listen to Ty Lue after blowing that 21-point lead. To lose a 21-point lead in the fourth quarter, that's not like us, you know. And so um, we got to be better in that regard. You know, it's one game. Um, played well for three quarters, didn't finish the game. You know, I um, I never, like, let one one loss or a bad loss, you know, take away from what we've been doing and what we've built. That's a tough loss because we, you know, up 21 points. But this is a good team, and when you take care of the basketball and you don't do what you're supposed to do, you know, you're going to lose. Okay, we're not pressing panic yet, but just, just noticing the Clippers have lost five of their last eight games after losing just five of their previous 31 games dating back to the start of December. L.A. has the 22nd best offense during this eight-game stretch after posting the league's best offense during that 26-5 run. So, Chanae, you had the Clippers as your latest finals pick here. They've lost, as we just mentioned, no PG, no Zubats. Now Adrian Wojnarowski has reported that Paul George is not expected to miss a lot of time here. But any concerns? Why are you putting my business out there? I said Western <laughs> Conference Finals versus the Nuggets. And the Nuggets <laughs> are my favorite. Okay, but it's okay. Look, I think that this is the hardest part of the year for championship aspiration teams in the NBA. Yep. Post-All-Star break where you got a little bit of sense of rest. This team was connecting on all cylinders leading into All-Star break. Afterward, and, and by the way, like Kawhi has been available. I know Paul George has been out. They've had everything that they have wanted by design leading into All-Star. Afterward, it's hard to not only sustain that energy, knowing that this is a time to rest before the playoffs, but then also, too, it's just the positioning. Like, games like yesterday mattered so much to the Lakers. Also, the Clippers are realizing, because this year we're saying they're favorites potentially to be in the Western Conference Finals, they're feeling like the hunted. Mm. Teams are coming to beat them for the first time in a long time. If you look at their losses in their last stretch, OKC, Timberwolves, Pelicans, teams that are trying to protect their positioning and also have rim protection. Yeah. They were in first in the West for a hot second. And now they're fourth, three games out of first, three right. games out of second, too. They maybe just don't care. They're fine being the fourth seed and let the matchup chips fall where they may. But I thought back last night watching them collapse in the fourth quarter to something Ty Lue said during the five-game losing streak they had when Harden got there, which I thought was the most incisive comment any coach has made about their team all season. Hmm. He said, we cannot walk around on offense. And in terms of just walking into actions, they got back into that bad habit last night. They did not have any juice. And this kind of sequence was a disaster after disaster after disaster. And that's the one caveat you want to put. There will be no real games when they have Westbrook, Tucker and Plumlee on the floor together and zero spacing unless something bad has happened injury-wise. So chalk it up to that. But I thought they've lost, they've lost some juice lately. Maybe Chanae's right. Maybe it's just the doldrums of the season. They don't care. But they need to get back to move in with some verve. Yeah, they, 
they lost that game last night because Lakers got ultra hot from three, and they had some turnover problems in the fourth quarter. They have at times had issues with teams that have good size, and the Lakers yep. have good size with Hachimur out there. So that's something to pay attention to as the season goes on. They have an interesting stretch coming up here. They have the, the Wizards on Friday, but then they're facing the Timberwolves, the Bucks twice in this stretch coming up, the Timberwolves again, the Pelicans. So it's going to be interesting to see. This might be a little bit of gut check time for the Clippers. All right, we're going to stick in the West coming up here on NBA Today because Steph Curry, he always puts on a show in the garden. I mean, that's where he broke the three-point record. So we're going to revisit some of his best moments at MSG and tell you why the dynasty is still alive and well. Plus, news from Philadelphia. Joel Embiid, he says he's doing everything he can to get back this season. Hear from him. And will it be worth it if Philly continues to plummet in the Eastern Conference? And where does last night's comeback rank amongst the best in Lakers history tonight? There's so many of them. Too many. The Mamba, he might have something to say about that Absolutely. on NBA Today. Lakers. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets but expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. NBA Today is presented by Intuit Credit Karma. Everything you need to outsmart the system and reach your financial goals. All right, my friends, we had six games last night, and they all had playoff implications. That calls for a little coast-to-coast. We're going to start in Memphis. Anthony Edwards, he dropped 34 points in a Wolves win. So, Chanae, the Wolves have won two playoff series in franchise history. So, will they match that number in one postseason alone this year? It can happen. It can really happen. This is the best defense in the NBA. You have to look at what Ant has done. He's shown a huge amount of toughness coming back from that ankle roll. And it just feels like this is their time. I think they're they're construed this way, and this might be the tides turning. Ooh, the tide's turning. They've been at the top of the West all season long. Heading to Toronto now, Luka Doncic, he turned 25 in style. He became the first player in NBA history to have a 30-point triple-double on his birthday. But Brian, you had your eye on his running mate, Kyrie Irving. Yeah, big deal. He has a 35-point triple, 30-point triple-double almost every night these days. <laughs> Kyrie has 25 or more points in seven straight games. This is becoming a dominant superstar one-two punch. Well, especially in a tight Western Conference. Taking it to Chicago now, the Bulls, they outlasted the Cavs in double overtime thanks to out-rebounding Cleveland by 35. So Zach Lowe, the Bulls, they have been emphatic that they want to make the playoffs.
playoffs. Can you see them getting out of the play-in tournament? Yeah, I'm going to go no on that one. Credit to the Bulls for being frisky and kind of saving their season. But to win two games from the 9-10 spot against Indiana, Orlando, Philly, whoever it is, tough sledding for the Bulls. Just lost to Detroit. In our trip coast-to-coast, this is the last stop. Indiana, the Pacers, they beat the Pelicans. Tyrese Halliburton, he's technically celebrating his sixth birthday today on Leap Year. (laughs) At 13 assists, the Pacers eclipsed 30 assists as a team for the 37th time, seven more than any other team in the NBA, which is pretty remarkable. The East play-in race, though, I mean, it really can't get much tighter. Four teams, take a look at this. They are separated by just a half game for the final two East playoff spots, avoiding that play-in tournament. And look at where Philadelphia currently sits. They are the sixth seed in all of this. But the play-in picture, it might not stay the same for very long. Reigning MVP Joel Embiid, he had surgery to address an injury to that lateral meniscus in his left knee after this play you can see here. This was against the Warriors on January 30th. So he's missed the past 12 games, remember. The Sixers losing eight of those, but he spoke for the first time since the injury earlier this afternoon. I mean, there's there's really no timeline. Uh, you know, it all depends on you can never tell how the body reacts, um, especially once you start ramping up. Um, so, I mean, it all depends on how it feels, and, um, and if it feels great, then uh, that's good. And if it doesn't feel like it's right, then you gotta, you know, you gotta keep going. The plan is the plan. I want to be on the floor as much as possible. Um, I only have about 20 years to do this, uh, so any chances that I get, I want to be on the floor. So it doesn't matter where we are, 4, 5, 3, um, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Uh, it doesn't really matter where we are. Uh, just want to play as much as we can and you know try to help us. Seeding doesn't matter to Joel Embiid. He just wants to be back on the floor if he feels good enough. Senior insider Adrian Wojnarowski is here with us as we dissect this Eastern Conference playoff picture here, Brian. How much of an impact could Joel's return have on that race? It's a potential borderline disaster for one of these teams in the top of the standings who could end up getting a, a seventh or eighth seeded Philly team that's not really a seven or eight seed. If Joel Embiid doesn't get hurt, this team might have been a two seed. They could very easily, I mean, they're pretty much already in the play-in zone right now. Right. They could easily slide out of that. Even if he comes back in a month or so, they could still be into that. And then all of a sudden, uh-oh, are we got the two seed. Who do we have in the first round? Oh, we've got the Sixers. That's no good, especially if they're Cavs. The Cavs just lost twice to the Sixers without him beat. So I think the question for Philly is not just is Joel Embiid going to return, Can he return to an MVP level or maybe an all-NBA level or an all-star level? How long does it take him to do that? The idea that you are going to just rev up, get into the play-in tournament, maybe after just 10 days or two weeks, and that we're going to see the player we saw this season, last season, it is a lot to ask. So it's not just that they need Embiid back. They are built to – they need a great Joel Embiid to be able to really – Uh, make a run in the postseason. I'll tell you why Joel Embiid wants to play. It's because he has suffered for a player to have so much success as an MVP and then a favorite, even so before he had his injury. He has suffered so much heartbreak 
in the postseason, and I think he wants to build his confidence up. I mean, this is a team that I feel like when you think about Joel Embiid, you think about 2019, what Kawhi did to his team, and him being emotional about it. He wants to build confidence. So, yeah, the idea is that when he's peak performer, yeah, hopefully you can win a championship. But more importantly, I think he wants to win a championship in the future. And so, like, look, think about, you know, his past. I, I wrote it down. 2019, Game 7 heartbreak. 2020, swept in the first round by the Celtics. 2021, lost to Atlanta. 2022, lost to the Heat after right. he missed two games in that series. 2023, you blew a series lead up 3-2. Like, he wants to get out there so that in the moment where he can build and find his confidence, he knows that carries through so that he can actually capitalize on these seasons moving forward. Now, poor Sixers fans, they turn on the show and they just have Cheney outlining their horrible <laughs> playoff heartbreak history one by one by one. Look, they're, they're obviously a totally different team with Joel yep. Embiid. Woj said it right, and Joel Embiid said it in his own words. He said, you can never tell how your body is going to react. So it's going to be wait and see, but it just can't be emphasized enough. This dude is averaging 35 points a game in 34 minutes a game. You can argue about Wilt and Jordan and this on a per-minute basis. This was the greatest scoring season in the history of professional basketball, and they just have no answer without him. It's just praying that Tyrese Maxey hits a bunch of step-back threes. Tobias Harris has been in a slump. But, yeah, these teams at the top will be checking out Embiid's health and where Philly is because that would be a titanic first-round matchup for anybody. Right. I mean, look at the Sixers' record with and without Joel Embiid. If the Milwaukee Bucks somehow creep up into the 7-8 matchup is against the Milwaukee Bucks, I don't know who I'm taking in that one. But if it is the Cleveland Cavaliers or a team like that with no knock on, on Cleveland, that's a matchup for the Sixers I might like a little bit. Sticking in the Eastern Conference here, Woj, you broke some news this morning out of Charlotte. What more can you tell us? Yeah, I'm told that the Charlotte Hornets are finalizing a deal with uh, Brooklyn Nets executive uh, Jeff Peterson to become their new head of basketball operations, 35 years old. It's been a meteoric rise for Jeff Peterson in the NBA from Atlanta's front office uh, to Brooklyn. He replaced Trajan Langdon in Brooklyn, who went on to become the GM uh, from Sean Marks's group in New Orleans. And now Jeff Peterson goes to a Charlotte team with new ownership, Rick Schnall, Gabe Plotkin, you know, really trying to reshape that organization. They picked up some first-round picks, some young players at the trade deadline. And now Jeff Peterson leads that rebuild in Charlotte now, 35 years old, the youngest GM or the youngest head of basketball operations, I should say, in the league. Yeah, just 35 years old and taking on this job and everything in Charlotte right now with Brandon Miller, with LaMelo Ball there. They have been moving very quickly to make decisions to really uplift these stars because the future, it might take a little bit of time, but it can be very, very bright in Charlotte. Woj, thank you so very much. All right, coming up next on NBA Today, speaking of some rookies, these guys, they're rookies, but Chet and Wemby, already one of the best rivalries in the NBA. This one is real, and it is just getting started. We're going to tell you more right after this. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hurry for three. Wow! Making it rain in New York. It's 11-3 of the night. He is in a zone all by himself. What a show. The all-time three-point king never want to call myself the greatest shooter until I got this record, so comfortable saying that now. I mean, Steph Curry, he's had his fair share of magical moments in Madison Square Garden, the latest being breaking the three-point record, but that was two years ago. Janae, this is a very different Warriors squad. What makes it so? They have a plethora of perimeter players since we're staying on the P's, but let's dive into their starting lineup. Okay, so this is them, the starters for the Warriors, when healthy. Is this their strongest lineup? Would you use this lineup to close games? I would. Maybe not to close games, but I think it's rolling as a starting five. I hope Andrew Wiggins can come back soon. Best to his family. Clay's rolling off the bench. I like this lineup. I like Draymond at center. We're rolling. So if Clay is having a heater, you know, he's coming off the bench, but you want him to close, how would you do that, Zach? I probably got to – I'm sorry, Brandon Pajemski. You're awesome. You're having a great rookie year. If I got to pick one of these guys because I need Wiggins' defense, I obviously need Draymond. I need Kaminga's offense and two-way play. Put Clay in there. That's the old starting lineup before they switched it up. I like that group. Gotcha. But one thing we have noticed as of late is that Steph might be a little bit of tired, right? He's been shooting under 36% four out of the last five games. So how do you sustain success – with Steph off the floor so he can get his gas back up. Well, this dude up here, I think they call him the point god. He just, <laughs> oh, yeah. he just came back from a, from a long injury absence. Let's give him some more minutes. The whole reason they brought him here was to prop up the offense without Steph. And GP2, if okay. you need to shut somebody's water off on defense, throw him in a three-guard lineup, four-guard lineup, get crazy. So, who they who have would you a put lot him of options. Who would you put him in for? I don't know. Wiggins, Kaminga, pick just whoever. Just whoever. Okay, and Malika. This is, this is Steve Kerr's life. He's got a lot of choices now. Click, look, this is a lot of versatility we have here for yep. the Golden State Warriors. They just got to get them wins. Right. They have a plethora of choices that they need to be making here. So we're going to see the Golden State Warriors in Madison Square Garden tonight taking on the Knicks. Remember, no Andrew Wiggins. He will miss his second straight game due to personal reasons. But that is not the only matchup that I know all of us have circled on our calendar as a marquee game that is on the schedule tonight. The top two rookies squaring off for the third time. Chet Holmgren in the Thunder has won both matchups against Victor Wembanyama and the San Antonio Spurs by an average of 31 points here. But that hasn't stopped odds makers at ESPN Bet in the Rookie of the Year race. Victor is the heavy favorite, as you can see there, against Chet. But let's not forget, these two have history. They were rivals before they even entered the NBA. So, so what's Victor's mindset, Brian, headed into this one? I think Victor's mindset is the Thunder have a lot better team than the Spurs. Yep. <laughs> and a year from now, he'd like the gap to be closed. And two years from now, he'd like it to be really closed. I mean, one of the things that's happened over the course of this season is Victor has played better and better, put up more efficient and more impressive numbers, shown that he can be durable, shown he can place the center position, which he wasn't at the start of the season. But he's also made it clear he's not thrilled with where the Spurs are. The yes. team is not as good as he expected it to be, and frankly doesn't have the personnel to, to compete. And I don't think the Spurs are going to be able to quote-unquote get away 
with a slow, long build, like the Thunder have done, quite mm. frankly. And Chet sat on the sidelines this whole first season and entered a team that was in much better shape. I think the Spurs are going to face some, some interest from Victor to start getting it going much sooner than maybe they, they would even prefer. Victor is as competitive as anybody. He wants to win. The other day when he had that 5x5 five five in, in Crypto.com Arena and we told him afterwards, I said, you're the first player since Michael Jordan to achieve uh, this specific stat line for, in two games. And he said, okay, well, did Michael Jordan win those games? And I walked out with him and I said, yeah, I, I, I looked it up, hate to tell you, yeah, he did win. And he goes, dang, I'm jealous. That is the kind of competitive fire. He, this season for Victor is not acceptable. Normally, you'd see a rookie, even a rookie of the year, who wouldn't be so stressed on wins and losses. It really, really bothers him. It's, it's, it's who he is. And I, obviously, a professional basketball players want to win. I know that that's not unusual. But I don't think it's in his mindset to, 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 you know, to keep this going. Wemby has exceeded the hype as a rookie. I mean, when you look at everything he's doing on both ends of the floor and the way he's surging toward the end of the season when a lot of rookies hit the rookie wall, just an absolutely sensational, above expectations for me, rookie season. And the good news about what Brian is saying about how the Spurs might have to accelerate it is you can do that when you have a generational superstar. They don't need to have too many bites at the apple because this dude is that good. They'll have one other high pick this year, and maybe that's it, and maybe that's okay. We saw that with LeBron. You get a generational prospect like this, you don't get to pick in the top ten so many times because your guy is that good. I think this is an interesting summer for the Spurs. I think they know they need better guard play. They have picks to trade. They have cap flexibility. I'd expect them to be active, at least looking around for upgrades. And looking at that tandem, it just made, it reminds me like this was going to be one of the to-the-wire rookie of the year races, right? Wemby is the rookie of the year, in my opinion. Like, watching what he has done exceed expectations in Zach Lowe's words. But on top of that, at one point we're saying, well, we need to see him get his rebounds up. Now he's in double-digit rebounds. Yeah. Oh, we need to see him knock down threes. Now he's getting in his bag, in between the legs, step back threes. Everything that I think we have said he should be able to do, he's added that to his game in one NBA season midway. To me, that's wild. And he leads almost every statistical category. There have only been two instances ever of a guy having 150 blocks, 150 assists, and 75 threes in a season. Chet Holmgren and Victor Wembanyama this year. He might get another 5x5 five five game before the end of the season. He's going to break the record for 5x5 five five games. And then it's going to come April, and the San Antonio Spurs will not be playing, and the Oklahoma City Thunder will be. So how far can OKC go in this postseason? Well, they've been in first place. They're going back and forth with Minnesota in first place. I know no one's been paying attention outside Oklahoma City, but they've only won six consecutive games by double figures. They're pounding teams. And it's not just Chet. Chet's been awesome. It's not just Shea, who basically scores 30 points, whether it's rainy, whether it's snowing, whether it's sunny. He scores 30 <laughs> points every night. And you got Jalen Williams, who is one of the most efficient scorers in the entire NBA who's out there also defending. Like, Mark Dagonal has, like, issues find, finding which nine guys to use because this team is so deep. I think the size is going to be an issue depending on their matchup. Sure. But good luck thinking this is going to be an easy out in Ooh. the postseason. I'm not thinking it's going to be an easy Fresh out. Fresh legs. Uh, Fresh not legs. also necessarily thinking that they're going to be going to the NBA Finals or even the Western Conference Finals. And history says, at least right now, after the Warriors and the Cavs, they faced each other in four straight NBA Finals. We've now seen five different NBA champions in the last five seasons. Most recently, the Nuggets over the Heat last June. 
the Nuggets. They face off for the first time since matching up in the finals with in tonight's matchup, right? When we're seeing the Nuggets and the, and the Miami Heat. Do you think that this, what's the path back to the finals for the Nuggets here? Uh, it's going to be harder than it was last year. The West is better top to bottom. They're third. I think they're okay being third and not having home court all the way through like they did last year. They learn, they grew, they know they can get through the playoffs. But every round is perilous this year. There's not going to be any cakewalks for them. And it's going to be really, really hard. And really, I mean, depending on the matchups, you just don't know what every round is going to be. And, of course, injuries. Who's going to be able to stay healthy all the way through? I hate to say that, but that's going to be a factor. These teams are so tightly packed that an injury at a certain time could could impact who wins it. And also, I think what you're going to see is size. The way the size matches up, because you've got some teams like Golden State, like Phoenix, that like to play small. You've got some teams like Minnesota and Denver that like to play big. You've got some teams that struggle against size, like the Clippers, like the Thunder. So not only just you know individual matchups, but size matchups are going to be a big factor in who gets through this conference. And you know what the Miami Heat benefit from? Mm. The East, right? They're eight and two in their last ten games. It's like February. It feels like the temperature goes up. And it's like we're ready to do what we always Donna, do: show up. Donna, what is it? Is it Josh Donna? 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 Right. So the path there, it just seems like okay. If this team keeps building, are we about to? It's going to be hard to do exactly what they did going from the play-in all the way to the NBA Finals. But still, this squad. I mean, watch them this time of year because it feels like all those issues that they had before, in and out of lineups, trying to figure out how to acclimate Terry Rozier, all that type of stuff. Like, okay, we got it. We got it. It's our time to shine. Now, on the Nuggets side, though, these guys are still my favorites. I mean, we watched them. I think most of us were there uh, across the street when we watched them play in person not too long ago. Yep. They are long. They are athletic. They've got shooters. They've got the best player in Jokic. Like, even though the West is better, it's still the Nuggets to lose. We have enough. They won in Sacramento the other night without six players. (laughs) They're one game out of fourth. Right. Those sly boys in Miami, here they come. <laughs> but, but can't you see them, Zach, in that second round playing the Celtics? Look, Can't you see it happening again? Here's the reaction of any good team in the East when they see Miami on the opposite side of the bracket. Oh, God, these guys, this is going to be horrible, physical, nasty, mean, in the mud. Nobody wants – I don't care what their record is. I don't care what their seed is. Nobody wants to see these guys. Nobody wants to see Jimmy <laughs> Butler beating people yeah. up, Bam beating people up, and Spo on the sideline crafting zones and schemes and being one step ahead. They're a nightmare. You know what? This was, this was my dream, though. This was not a nightmare. This is what I absolutely unequivocally wanted to see ever since we saw Jimmy Butler on uh, Media Day pull out the – Emo Jimmy? Uh, yeah. Did you guys catch this? Jimmy Butler is in the new Fallout Boy uh, Prince vibes <laughs> music video. Okay, there. that's a nice little Dougie. Okay, look at him go. I, inspired by what Beyonce? I mean, emo Jimmy, the alter ego, the pride of Tombow, Texas, y'all. That's where I'm from. Right, we got to get that outfit for you. For somebody, somebody no, it's needs for that you. Outfit. That ain't Ask Texas, and you shall receive. All right, let's <laughs> check out today's smart play brought to you by Intuit Credit Karma. Zach, did you see this last night? Oh yeah, Nikola Jokic. What is happening here? He fakes the charge, gets the deflection, and it leads to a steal. He just still does stuff that surprises me. He's one step ahead of Trey Lyles, doesn't know what the hell's going on. Charge, what is he doing? His arm is there, yoink! And then then it's gone, he doesn't know what the hell's going on. Anything that makes Zach say yoink? (laughs) 
Poor Troy Lowes, we got to show this five I don't, times. I don't think he was faking the charge. I think he's just so fast that he reacted to the pass. Everything in real time. Our ABC Saturday primetime matchup, it has Nikola Jokic in the Nuggets squaring off against LeBron James and the Lakers at 8.30 Eastern. Could we see LeBron cross that 40,000-point mark that day? Our coverage ships with NBA Countdown coming from Crypto.com Arena at 8 o'clock. We're also celebrating Leap Day, Leap Year today. So we have the best leaps of the last four years. There's some incredible dunks you've definitely forgotten about. We'll remind you next on NBA Today. On April 25, 1950, Chuck Cooper was the first black player drafted in NBA history, going number 13 overall to the Boston Celtics. He became the second black player ever to play in an NBA game. Chuck was inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame in 2019. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by Intuit Credit Karma. Caitlin Clark just keeps making history. Look at this line. Fans showed up everywhere she goes. There's a line around the corner to see her play. This is the first quarter here. Clark pulls up from three. It's her 498th career of three. That's the most in Big Ten history, Chanae. Look, everyone knows she leads the nation in points at 32 points per game. She also leads the nation in assists at nine per game. But in this game versus many, she also passed the legend Lynette Woodard's AIAW major college record, which, by the way, should have been included if we include the coaches, too. Also, shout out to Pearl Moore, who has over 4,000 AIAW points. 33 points, eight threes for Caitlin Clark. She is now just 18 points away from passing Pete Maravich for the most points by a women or men's player in Division I history. She can get there on Sunday when Iowa hosts number two, Iowa State. She could leap Pistol Pete. And speaking of leaps. The highest percentage shot in basketball. All with a flare for that sensational slam dunk. He went and boom. Oh, we just saw a man fly. Two hands with power. I want to go higher. What you to do? Take out that face of Leslie with the count. Oh, Are you kidding me? Man, that dunk was ridiculous, you know. Why are we showing you a dunk montage? Well, because we should every day, but also because it's leap year. So we thought in honor of leap year, let's check out a very special edition of Top of the Top brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. These are the best dunks since February 29th, the last time around. So first up, this is Top Charges Gone Wrong. Ja Morant, you remember this one, taking on Malik Beasley. This was in 2022 oh. in the playoffs. Oh my goodness. Oh no. I mean, and the photos of that were insane. It is rude. And then you have oh, no, a former rude. teammate. Oh, you're a friend. Former teammate. That's just embarrassing. Uh-oh. Oh, really? <laughs> really, Wendy? <laughs> Wendy's saying that one's embarrassing. Oh, this is this, this is, one this here. One. That one caused physical pain through the screen. I still cannot believe that that wasn't chosen for Upper Room, but sometime in the future, maybe I will get over it. All right, top acrobatics. This is Terrence Ross. This is against the Kings. I remember this, this one. one. Don't worry, Terrence will remind you. Ooh, Ooh. that was tough. Janae's like, how? I was what like, are violence. 
physics on that. Yeah. And then you have another Morant windmill. Oh, okay. A point guard catching no lobs. There ain't a lot of those. <laughs> And then, of course, we had to have a little bit of a little bit of Zion in this one as well. Zion Williamson in game. Wow. Okay. Three, All right. High school. Been doing that since high school. That would get a 50 in the dunk contest. That's me on a Nerf. Depends. Right there. <laughs> Last one. Top. Don't jump with me. Ant Man. Oh no. Caught Utah Watanabe. Oh man. Gosh, he just gets so high. The elevation. You know what? Sometimes you just have to take your losses. No, this, this one here. Jaw. This one here. Oh. On Jalen Smith. Oh, God. The bench reaction. I know. This is this is ah. a warning before you watch something like this. Oh, it's, it was And a, then, of course, we have Russell Westbrook. Oh, Ooh, that was fire. Rudy Gobar. Oh, my goodness. Well, speaking of Russell Westbrook, before we bounce, Russ, who is a South Los Angeles native, he's continuing to make an impact on his hometown. In an Instagram post on Tuesday evening, Westbrook announced that he is proud to be building 180 affordable housing units in South Central Los Angeles. The units, they're going to be built in an area that was burned down more than 30 years ago in the civil unrest that followed the vicious beating of Rodney King by Los Angeles police. It, this is just an incredible gesture from Russell Westbrook, who continues to pour into the community that poured into him. Here's our next ESPN NBA Friday doubleheader. Jason Tatum and the Celtics host Luka and the Mavs. Ooh, that's going to be a good one. That's at 7.30 Eastern. Then Giannis and the Bucks square off against DeMar DeRozan and the Bulls. Coverage begins with NBA Countdown at 7 o'clock. LeBron James, Cheney. I mean, all-time great comeback. Man! But where does it rank amongst the best moments in his career? Find out next. Don't leave a game early, y'all. Never. Never. Not with NBA Today is presented by Intuit Credit Karma. Everything you need to outsmart the system and reach your financial goals. Tonight on SportsCenter at 6 Eastern, the Steelers deliver an update on their offseason quarterback plans. We're live at the NFL Combine. Plus, ranking the top running backs set to hit the market when free agency begins. And live coverage as LeBron climbs closer to becoming the first to ever score 40,000 points in the NBA. SportsCenter, 6 Eastern on ESPN. He uh, had to take the, the cape tucked on his seat on the bench, I guess. James top of the key. He hits a three. LeBron James heating up. LeBron James has taken over the game here in the fourth quarter. What an absolute master class in that fourth quarter from LeBron James. Just in a zone. You know, just a zone that you can't really describe it. You wish you could stay in it forever. You know, during it, you don't, you don't feel anything. It's like a superpower. I mean, what an insane comeback. The Lakers won after trailing by 19 points entering the fourth. That is their fourth largest comeback win entering the final period in all of Lakers history. But what else is up there? This is the second largest comeback win in a fourth quarter by any team this season. You remember the Suns, right? They came back from down 22 to beat the Kings. That was back in mid-January. LeBron has played 1,473 career games, the seventh most in NBA history, and this was his fourth largest quarter comeback win in any of them as the Clippers led by 21 early in the fourth. And this was the Lakers' largest comeback win entering the fourth quarter since April 2003. You remember this. Kobe Bryant 
drained that midi jumper, Cheney, yep. at the buzzer after trailing by 20. It was the fist. Entering the fourth quarter, yeah, he had to let the people know. But Brian, you have seen so many incredible performances. Where does this rank in terms of regular season moments for LeBron James? Not super duper high. I don't even think it's his best game this season. Which is incredible to say. It was his best quarter this season. I don't think it was his best game. I think it was the game in Golden State in January where it was double overtime, 144-143. He goes for 36-20-12, makes the game-winning free throw. Like, that was on the road, double OT. Like, this was was his best quarter. I mean – but he had a brilliant quarter. I mean, I've seen a brilliant quarter from him literally a thousand times. Literally a thousand times in the regular season, sure. But how about how about in the playoffs, Janae? Well, he talked after the game about getting into the zone, this flow state. Even Darvin Ham saying that's his superpower. And I mean, we are quite. I mean, a little bit long, younger. This only takes me back to 2012, conference finals. LeBron James, those are the eyes. Mm. I'm about to take over. 45 points. What was it? How many rebounds? 15 rebounds. When LeBron gets in this zone, it feels like no one can stop him. And the fact that we're saying 10 years later and some change, he's able to do the same thing in a different way in one quarter, we're witnessing greatness. As Brian has talked about many times, that is an ultimate NBA sliding doors game. If that game goes the other way, I don't know what the heck happens in Miami. But he's had so many. I mean, look, game one of the 2018 finals, that's known as the J.R. Smith game. I think that might be the best game I've ever seen an individual basketball player play. Just sheer quality. The the Cavs were drawing dead in that series. And then underrated, another game known for another player, Ray Allen. The Ray Allen shot game, game six in 2013. They were down 11 late in the third quarter of that game. There's a stat to played 50 minutes and put up those stats. But you watch, no, look watch at that game. Seven numbers for that series too. By the he, way, he's flying around, steals, blocks, making every big shot until the Ray Allen shot. Underrated LeBron comeback game. We have seen LeBron achieve greatness over and over and over again. We may be seeing it again in the next couple of days as he becomes the first player to hit 40,000 career points. But we also know that the Lakers they have a job at hand that has nothing to do with those records. And looking at their schedule over the next month, they don't leave the entire state of California until March 26th. Their only road game is in Sacramento, just a couple of hours north. So, Brian, the Lakers could really use this home stretch here to make a real run. Can they get out of the Yeah, play? but look at those teams they're playing. Okay, I tonight. I don't know about tonight, but there's a <laughs> lot of very tough <laughs> games in there. Like, yes, this is their payback for being on the road for weeks on end in December and early January. But with where they are, which is three games back of the Kings between eight and nine, the difference between eight and nine is huge. Yeah. Obviously, between six and seven is huge. They've got to have a winning record in this stretch. And you may say, of course they're going to have a winning record. They've won eight of the last 11 or whatever it is. But this is a real challenging stretch. They don't have to travel. This is where they're going to, this is going to be defined about whether they're going to be a play-in team or whether they've still got a shot at that top six. Uh, three games behind the Kings in the loss column. Also three games behind the Pelicans for the sixth spot, which is like the golden ticket that everybody wants in that race. But look, um, that's that's they just have to string together a lot of quality performances, and it's really hard for them. These wins are really hard for them to squeeze out. But that Kings game, keep an eye on that Kings game because these teams in the 9-10 range are rooting for somebody to fall, and the Kings are kind of up and down a little bit later. On all around. And you're also saying, you know, earlier, Zach, about what would have happened if LeBron James lost when he was with the Heat versus the Celtics, right? What would have happened if they lost yesterday? Because this is a point where that was a win where we can say, hey, we can do this. 
we are good. I mean, it took literally every ounce of LeBron James, but I'm not saying that LeBron has to do this every night, but guys have to show up. I mean, you have no choice but playing that way when LeBron is doing that, but AD is capable of having in-season tournament games more right. consistently like we did in the championship. Reeves has been like that dog. Everyone's saying you need a dog alongside LeBron James. It's probably got to have to be Reeves. If you can't make it work after a night like that, I mean, it's going to be a tough turn for the Lakers. So who should, fe who should fear the Lakers, Brian? Everybody when LeBron's playing like that. <laughs> but can, can LeBron, can the Lakers get into a position where LeBron can play one brilliant game? That's like almost a story of the rest of the season for them. The second night of a back-to-back -back for the Lakers tonight as they host the Washington Wizards right across the street in Crypto.com Arena. That's going to do it for us here on NBA Today. Thanks for spending a little of your afternoon with us, and we will see you tomorrow. Enjoy tonight.